the world of Islam, culture, religion, and politics. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Amin Tice. During our discussion in a previous episode of the rule of Ali ibn Abi Talib, who ruled from 656 to 661, we encountered a group of social actors that I introduced as al-Khawarij in Arabic, or uh, the Kharjites, as they are known in historical literature in English. You might recall that a group from the supporters of Ali had defected from his troops when he accepted an arbitration process in the major battle against Muawiyah's troops at Safin in 657. This group deplored Ali's acceptance of the authority of human beings over what they interpreted as the judgment of God. And they raised the banner of La Hukma illa lillah. There is no judgment but God's judgment. They then left and would settle at first in an area in Iraq called Harura and would thus be known as Al Haruriyun, the Haruris. Other groups who shared in one way or another the political and religious outlook of the Haruris would later join them, ultimately leading to the rise of a larger group that would be known as Al-Khawarij, the Kharijites, from the root Kharaja, which connotes the act of going out. Later in history, the Kharijites would become in the social memory of most Muslims uh, seen as a radical fringe that distorted the Islamic message. And the label Khariji, Kharijite, would become synonymous with extremism and intolerance, so that any group or individual espousing some kind of radical religio-political position could be labeled Kharijite. This is the case until today. Many Muslims use the term Khariji for those uh, that are known in some circles as radical jihadists. Now, the problem with this image of the Kharijites that has dominated in Muslim histories is that it is not free from bias, and one must highlight the difficulties that face a historian seeking to study the early uh, Kharijites. For one, we do not possess much in terms of Kharijite sources. Most of what we know about the Kharijites come from Sunni and Shiite sources of later times. In other words, we know about the Kharijites mostly from their enemies or more accurately, from those who inherited the legacies of the enemies of the Kharijites. Secondly, the accounts of early Arab historiographers about the Kharijites 
and about the early period of conflicts within the community in general are characterized by many contradictions and are dependent on reports that would have been difficult to assess given the intensity of the conflicts and the biases of the social actors involved in them, particularly within the tribal oral culture of the time. Thirdly, while the focus of later Muslim historians was on the religious vision and the religious positions of the Kharijite movement, it would be highly misleading not to recognize that underneath the religious language of all the social actors of that period, there are serious tribal tensions aggravated by economic, political, and social issues. From previous episodes, you might remember the tensions between the Meccan clans of the hitherto less prestigious Banu Hashim, from which Muhammad and Ali come on one hand, and on the other hand, the powerful Banu Umayya clan, who would find themselves stripped from much of their power with the success of their mission of Muhammad. You might also remember the tensions between the Meccans on one hand and the Medinis on the other as to who inherits what from the authority of Muhammad and the tensions between the tribe of Al-Aws on one hand and the tribe of Al-Khazraj uh, on the other in Med- within Medina itself. In addition, you might remember that many of the tribes of the Arabian Peninsula only joined Muhammad's community in the last uh, one or two years of his life, which means that these tribes had to struggle to keep themselves and their, in- and their interests relevant after the passing of Muhammad. And after the Arab conquests took off, and new economic opportunities became an important part of the reality of the expanding community, one might argue that these tensions could only have intensified and the decisions of the early caliphs as to who gets what and how much had a significant impact on the situation. We simply cannot ignore all these elements and only speak of the Kharijites in terms of a religious vision. The support that each religious vision garners, whether early Kharijite, early Shi'ite, or others, are very much connected to the tensions uh, and uh, tribal affiliations that I mentioned. For example, it seems that the large majority of the first group uh, of warriors that split from Ali at Safin uh, and uh, went to Harura belonged to the tribe of Tamim. The dynamics of these competitions can be seen in the issue of leadership of the community. On this issue, the Kharijites will create a real debate uh, with a a strong religious dimension. Against the idea that the leader of the community must be a descendant of Muhammad, 
which would evolve to a descendant of Muhammad through Ali and Fatima, and uh, which would later become the official Shiite position, and against the idea that the leader of the community must be from the Meccan tribe of Quraysh, that uh, would later become the official Sunni position, as enshrined in the Sunni hadith, or sayings of Muhammad, the Kharijites espoused an egalitarian position. They came to argue that any member of the community, regardless of where they were from, can become caliph. The only criteria is religious piety, religious observance. Which brings us to the second theological issue that the Kharijites would raise a serious debate about. This is about what exactly makes one a Muslim. The Kharijites insisted that a Muslim is defined by both beliefs and actions, and in a very strict way. Accordingly, even if one claims to be a believer, if they commit a major sin, they apostatize, they leave the community of believers, and must then be killed if they don't repent and desist. This strict position seems to have opened the door to a frame of constant accusations of apostasy against fellow Muslims, leading to more splits within the Kharijites' ranks and to a large amount of violence within the community in general. Probably in response to, or at least in interaction with, this strict position, another early theological position developed. It is the one uh, called irja, or postponement. The proponent of this view, al-murji'a, claimed that what defines a Muslim is his or her faith, which resides in the heart, and that only God knows its sincerity. Actions, thus, must not be used to judge belief or unbelief, and judgment should be left to God in the hereafter. This early theological debate was very important for the development of later Muslim theological positions. Here we see that the Kharijites played an important role in shaping the development of two major religious issues in Islam, namely legitimate leadership and the boundaries of the community. So despite, or perhaps because of, what seems to be their extreme intolerance and very violent ways, particularly uh, the group known as Al-Azariqa, the Azraqis, uh, the Kharijites had an important impact on how Islam would later be defined. It is important to also note that the Kharijites would eventually almost vanish from the Islamic scene, except the group known as Al-Ibadiyya, the Ibadis, which seemed to be rather moderate from uh, their beginnings in the 7th and 8th centuries. The Ibadis developed their own version of Islamic theology and law, though uh, they were influenced 
by other Islamic orientations over the centuries. The Ibadis still exist today in small numbers, mostly in Algeria and Oman. Thank you for listening. Join me again next time. Peace.